Pickaxe. Hello, I'm Wheels, the Dungeon Master for Storybreakers. Love Critical Role and movies like Hot Fuzz and Spotlight? Actual play series Storybreakers combines the fantasy adventure of Dungeons & Dragons with small-town comedy and mystery in an episodic tale of journalists on the hunt for the secret underbelly of a tiny town where nothing seems to happen. But excuse me if I don't think a bunch of ragtag journalists from a podunk town are actually going to be of any help. But technically, I don't come from here. When the mysterious arrival of a celebrity from the Heroes and Adventurers Guild sets off a strange conspiracy, the group will have to leave what they think they know about the world at the door, if they're ever to unravel the truth at the heart of this seemingly nondescript town. It's not front page of the Sasai Star News. I pull up the, the today's, like, installment of the news to see what the front page actually is. There's a big picture of a pumpkin that's been stepped on, and it says, Outrage as pumpkin stepped on. <laughs> Storybreaker Season 1 in its entirety is available for listening right now wherever you get your podcasts. With Season 2 on the way. Find out more at Dicebreaker.com. Welcome to the Chance and Cows podcast. Um, this one is slightly different. We're diverging from the usual format where we recommend you board games based on a special guest that's uh, appeared to give us a abstract scenario and instead we're actually doing a little bit of a roundup so last year we did the uk games expo this year we pretty much went in force there were so many chance encounters there you may have seen me um and we're we're going to talk about some of the highlights and the lowlights uh to be honest there wasn't that many lowlights but you know you've got to do it for for (laughs) for both extremes um and uh this isn't the bbc we don't have to be uh impartial to it (laughs) well actually we'll get to the seedy side of the uk games expo later (laughs) stay tuned until the 40th minute when we'll reveal the big secret (laughs) games expo Uh, after dark i can't wait exactly (laughs) (laughs) so uh i am one of your regular hosts i'm richard scarsbrook i'm one of the uh founders of chance of cameras we've been operating board game cafes around the uk for about seven years now um and I have never played Trivial Pursuit, um, which is an odd one. I am joined. <laughs> <laughs> I am joined by Ben. Hello, I'm Ben. I uh, make videos with the Yogscast, but I'm also a massive nerd and I love board games. And I have to play Trivial Pursuit every Christmas with the family. It's some kind of awful tradition that I've been roped into. Um, the, the, the family-in-law, and so now I actually uh, we've done it so much that I feel like I just know the answers from the questions just through sheer brute force memory. So you, you brought back some flashbacks. I say a victory's a, vic- a victory's a victory. <laughs> <laughs> Does this mean you're playing like the same Trivial Pursuit from like the like, 1980s or something? Yeah, it just like becomes late, late a 80s, memory game, like 1988, <laughs> and it's just. We even remember the ones that are wrong. There's like five or six <laughs> questions in there that just have the wrong answers. And we and wow. we know now to give those wrong answers to, to get the point. <laughs> so if, if it was like Christmas and you bought them a new copy of Triple Pursuit, would that be, would that be a faux pas? Someone tried that. My uncle-in-law tried that. He brought like a modernized version that had like a like an electronic scoreboard and um, <laughs> new questions. And it was, it was, everyone hated it. It was heresy. <laughs> oh, and, no. Um, <laughs> He had to he had to make it up to the whole family or they were gonna kick him out for sure. Oh jeez. Wow, it gets it gets pretty distraught in the in the Edgar uh, <laughs> household over Christmas. Gotcha. We won't be making that issue. Um, we are also joined by longtime uh, guru and uh, well, we're with Russ this week as well. Well, I mean if you've watched a podcast or listened to the podcast before, hopefully you'll have listened to an episode with me on. My name's Russell. Um, I uh, yeah, I work for Chance and Cows, have done for a couple of years now. And uh, I refer to Trivial Pursuit as the game with the cheese wheel. Um they are cheese that's, yeah, the cheeses, right? This, this <laughs> and I and I was I was gonna say I'm also like a trivial pursuit purist in that I will only play that edition from the 1980s as well. Um, <laughs> even though I wasn't even born when some of these questions were, were relevant and I feel like I don't I didn't even know them then and I still haven't learned any of the answers now. <laughs> Is it just like a fine wine or something? Is this like a particular vintage of Trivial Pursuit? It's the it's the way that the game looks. It's very like a very classic look, you know? <laughs> and I feel like when they tried to update it by giving it actual bright, vibrant colours, it sort of took away from right. from what, what a Trivial Pursuit is all about, which is mm-hmm. really dull questions, really, really technical <laughs> answers that are yeah. sometimes wrong apparently. So it needs to be slightly dreary. 
I yeah, don't know why. <laughs> it, it needs, yeah, it's, it's totally that's exactly it. If there's not a full blown argument over the answer, it's not it's not a game, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're also for the first time on the podcast joined by Reese. Hello, I'm uh, I'm Reese. I'm one of the directors here at Chance. Um, been with the company for for years and worked at uh, many other sites now. Uh, Slowly yeah. working my way through them all. Um, yeah, Trivial Pursuit. I'm going to have to push back on Russ here. It's pie, not cheese, and <gasps> dem, Dem's the rules. Oh. Um, Mm. What can I say? We're not going to get um, on. <laughs> what, does it, what does it technically say in the rules, or is it just like portions? Oh, ooh, no one's read I don't the know. rules. You maniac! Wait, and if, yet, if, and yet now, like the second we get off this, nobody's I'll be on this rule book. <laughs> Are we going to find all the house rules that you guys have as well? Like you get double points if the answer's wrong or something. Oh God, no, nothing like that. But then, chances are, we are doing something wrong because I've never read those rules, and I'm pretty sure no one else I've played with has. Can you get no a trivia game wrong? I, I feel like there's a house rule in there somewhere where if you roll the dice and you know you're supposed to like you're not supposed to change directions uh, mm. and you're supposed to land exactly on the right piece, but I'm sure mm. people have just ignored that or whatever. Added an extra oh, dice. We do we do make it harder. When you go to the middle, when you when you've got all your pies or your mm. or your cheeses and you go into the middle of the board, I don't know if this is the rule, this is what we do. You have to the other team picks up a card and picks what they think is the hardest question. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not the rule, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If it's not the rule, that's definitely one of those house rules that is kind of like spread. Like, I feel that that would be how I would look to do it, which means like, that that kind of has been house ruled in multiple places. So those rules like, are kind of organically moved or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's nice because it gives you like a catch up. You know, if you're a couple, yeah. of, couple of cheeses right. behind, it's going to take yeah. them a few, be- few headbutting attempts to get to that final question. Do you hear that, Reese? <laughs> he said cheeses. Yeah, but he did also say pies I previously, did also, yep. so, so I think we might just be trying to be very diplomatic here. By the end of the episode, we need a def- definite like answer to what, what side to Ben is on. Count the number of times Ben says pies or cheeses. Yeah. That'll be the duration of this episode. That'll be the final verdict. Yeah. Um, so whilst we've been slightly derailed by Trivial Pursuit, and I definitely followed that conversation having not played it before uh but we are so we're talking about the uk games expo um a a bit of a recap about what that is uh it is what it says on the turn uh the the uk foremost gaming expo for anything that is board game related tabletop related um role playing just everything and what happens is a lot of board gamers and non-board gamers descend on the nec in birmingham for a period of about three days and it's just it's just cardboard carnage. Um, <laughs> and basically, during the during the day, it's about going around the the halls, the exhibits, and they'll have um, publishers, suppliers, um, places that sell games. So uh, and like game adjacent shops. stuff as well, like and game adjacent know, gaming stuff. accessories, mm. a lot of like RPG stuff and miniatures and stuff this year, and paintballing. Yeah, and there's this one paintballing. The, the, the place top always tabletop experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can, I can definitely see. I they can... just saw painting on. Um, oh, yeah. and they just were like, they made an assumption. These delicate, pa- these miniatures that you have, you can easily paint them rapidly just by like shooting paint. They're definitely not going to break. So there's a, there's a whole load of uh, these stands, and then one of the reasons I go is not necessarily for the actual expedition. Ex- Exhibition, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> expedition into the wild territories of unknown board games. Um, <laughs> one of the things we I go for is a the social side because it's just everybody of the UK like descends on it for a period of time. So I see other people from board game cafes, um, other t- friends that we know, some of the, the board game related content creators and, and various other people that we have a, a good old natter with uh, and then play games. And you don't get a lot of sleep. Uh, over that period of time because everyone is just like super keen on playing board games Mm. so uh, I had a wonderful time in that front and is there anything else that I particularly missed about the UK Games Expo anything that you guys particularly go for? I was going to say everyone was there this year except unfortunately for Ben yeah I didn't make it so the last like five years we've gone I've gone with a a group of friends and we um, we, there's a house we know someone who lives nearby and we go down on the Friday we spend all day Friday at the Expo and then we spend Saturday and Sunday basically in a house down the road playing all the games we bought slash mm. haven't had time to play all year. Um, but this year, uh, my childcare fell through and I so I had oh, to yeah. 
because it was half term. I had to stay at home mm. with the family on the Friday. So I made it up for the Saturday and Sunday to play games, but I didn't actually get to look around the expo and see all the new stuff. Mm. Ah, okay. So you just played the games part, but you didn't do the, the <laughs> Yeah, didn't do the looking, part. just the playing. Was there anything you particularly wanted to go there for? Because I, I, from just on the basis of why people go to the expo, as said, Rich said, I'm also there for like the social aspect of it and going to mm. you know, see the people that sometimes you will literally only see them at this expo. Right. Um, but a lot of people go to it for buying games or seeking out like the games that they haven't been able to find mm. any other way because there's a big bring and buy which is where people bring all the games they want to sell. So that's a big um, event at the show, which is constant. Like throughout the weekend, you can just queue up in this extraordinarily long <laughs> queue um, just to go Fuck in yeah. there and maybe find that game that you want. But that is not the reason why I go. So I, I actually came back having purchased zero games at the expo this year. Wow. I feel so, you were doing it wrong. Yeah. No, it's like the game, we should be trying to be like okay with not having to buy so much stuff at these shows and just experience the the Stop event. Stop shaming itself. me like this, Russ. Yeah. Um. yeah, I feel like there's a definitely a little bit of a cast shade cast over there. Wow. Um, yeah, recent, uh, Reese and I, we we've kind of travelled most oh, yeah. of the expo together. <laughs> the problem is that we are not a good pair. Because we both egg each other's FOMO on. So, so mm-hmm. if you don't know what FOMO mm-hmm. is, uh, fear of missing out. And the problem was that we 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 go up on a Thursday because Asmodee, which is like a massive distributor in the UK, has a retailer day, so, and then there's a press preview as well, which we also got uh, access to. So we go and we we check out everything. But at the Asmodee retailer day, they're like, so Shatterpoint. This is Star Wars Shatterpoint, which is. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks it looks really fancy. It has amazing models, and I recently went to the Star Wars celebration, so I was like hyped on Star Wars. And then they made a big thing of being like, "This is this is going to sell out so rapid." So me and Reese just we just compounded each other, being like, first thing we need to do on Friday morning is go and get a copy of Shatterpoint." <laughs> and it was not good. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding you solely responsible for this. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think you set yourself like an amount because obviously, as someone who owns a board game cafe, you know you can get it. You can wait patiently for it and get it at mm-hmm. a cheaper rate. Um, but you decided to set yourself a limit, and then immediately I go into the show um, separate from Rich and Reese, and I find a very good price for the game, and I just happen to stumble on it. So I text, um, I text Reese, and I was like, "Hey." Have you seen this? And he's like, "Yeah, I've already paid way more than that for it." He's so scared of missing out on it. It was really funny. This is all Rich's fault, and Rich has yeah. uh, Rich has sent me back a, a long way. I got very yeah. much overexcited. Um, Have you I played spent, it yet? Uh, I've finished all the. I've built all the minis. Uh, so, that was that was this yeah, morning's this. job. The, the problem was, Rich and I had said Sunday we're gonna we're definitely gonna sit down. We're gonna play some games all day. It's gonna be a great day on Sunday. We know it's gonna be quiet. That's the day. Uh, we played a demo on the Thursday. Very great. Really enjoyed it. We're like, cool, that's what we'll do. My brain, as a miniatures collector, as a miniatures gamer, I uh, hadn't put like two and two together um, <laughs> and assumed to the point that a miniatures game is a box full of plastic that is unusable yeah. for some time. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so we get it back to the hotel. I'm like, yes, I'll get it out. I'll get the rules read. Get out. Just lots of sprues. I'm like, yeah. ah. I'd forgotten about that bit. So yeah, it's, it's not the usual game that we would go in on. Um, we're not. I, I haven't touched miniatures in decades, but mm. for just it was the perfect storm of getting really excited about something and then us both being like, "Oh yeah, okay." And so spend the rest of the time just like making light of the fact that we just we couldn't because it's not a cheap buy-in i think of all the miniature game starter sets i've ever seen this must be the priciest Mm. so it sits about it sits about right with where they've hit now but yeah Yeah. it's definitely not on the cheap end it's Um, like 165 pounds is the the game as a like quick overview is like uh it's like a it's a skirmish so if you've played it's it's unlike a lot of board games in so much as you are using rulers, pretty much, that they supply in this core box, which is what me and Reese got. And uh, you use it to, you know, if you've seen um, any of the videos that Ben has basically done, the Games Night stuff at the moment, then Mm. you'll get a a taste of what Shatterpoint is. It's it's on the lighter end of the the miniature stuff, for sure. Um, And we got really excited about it. Um, And it is, it's, it's RRP is about 165, which... It's very expensive, so I did yeah. some calculations, thought if we could get it for less than 140, we'd be doing all right. 
Uh, Reese found it at that, and then we found it for like thirty quid cheaper than that. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I then spent the rest. I then spent the rest of the weekend yeah. finding Richard a deal. So that's the kind of friend I am. <laughs> abundantly clear. Did you yeah. split the? Aww. Did you split the savings between? No, you but Richard does that? owe me a couple of pints. So we'll we'll see it. We'll, we'll see it all made made fair in the end. I'd like to say I offered, and Reese, being the lovely human being, denied me the 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 splitting, as it were. Which uh, I think he's he's an utmost gentleman for not holding that against me. <laughs> I like that true true respect. You know, I made my mistake and I'm going to live with it. Yeah, yeah. I, it. I, you still wake up screaming, but it's okay. Um. <laughs> so Did, I mean, uh, just yep. going back to the thing that I because I actually just realised I asked Ben a question and never let him have a chance to Sorry, answer. Was yeah. there anything you were hoping to get at the show? Mm. No, the... I'd have to admit, like, um, I hadn't seen a lot of previews and hype in the build up apart mm. from Shatterpoint. That was really yep. the only thing I knew that and. Um, Mm. Uh, Warhammer 10th edition was also yeah. making a big fuss yeah. about being there. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't seen any like actual board games or card games get hyped up. Um, mm. that were going to be previewed there. And then when I spoke to my friends who who went and I was playing with games the next day, they it turns out like the of the stuff they saw, none of it was stuff that I got excited about. I feel like mm. um, I was really surprised. This is the first expo where it sounds like I probably wouldn't have bought anything myself either, unless mm. like, something sort of jumped out of me at the last minute. Yeah. There was none of the like big ticket hype like hypes there was a lot of a lot of hype around the new disney trading card game lorcana yeah I heard there, were, well. there were queues for days for that like people yeah. queuing for hours and hours but besides that i didn't see any like major like big hype releases i yeah. agree i don't think there was but there was one game that i did post about on twitter and got like a lot of interest in and it was okay. um the ticket to ride legacy which yeah, we managed to get right. a sneaky look at inside the box. Mm. Um, I can't it, believe it. They literally were just like, hey, do you want to you see some yeah, of the secrets? Yeah. Which is like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, give, me, I, I, give me some of those juicy, juicy you train some trains. Secrets. Yeah, yeah. And genuinely, though, <laughs> Very because much when so. we went, me and Rich went last year to the retailers' day, which, and they were, some, some of those people are very secretive about what you mm. can show or even take pictures of. So this year, mm. I was like, I'm going to be on my best behavior and I'm going to ask everybody before I take any pictures and then also get ask permission if I can post it. Mm. And um, they were like, yeah, just showed me the box, like took it, took it out. It's like, look inside. They showed me parts of the map. Um, yeah. Just because I guess there might be some people who are curious about um, this game. Uh, Legacy gaming is gaming with permanent changes to the board. So sort of think of it like a campaign, but you might have to destroy something or add a sticker, basically personalizing the game permanently for essentially your group that plays through it um mm. and this game ticket to ride if you don't know is a set collection route building game you're collecting these colored cards and using them to build your sort of trains uh across routes of a map and connecting certain ones together to score points so it's a very easy game but this one adds the legacy element and it basically starts out with two or maybe more again because i didn't really delve too much into the rules of it but like two pieces of a jigsaw which form part of a mm. a ticket to ride style map but then the way that the game progresses is it lets you unlock certain other parts of the map. So depending on how you play the game, you might go up north for a start or maybe the other group will go south and it add, it'll apparently add um, changes to the rules depending yeah. on what your group does. So it's very exciting. And, and um, as I said, I posted about it on Twitter and they got a lot of interest. And apparently, yeah, a lot of people are really excited about it. Um, I think this might be the one to, to encourage a lot of gamers to... Um, to come back to Ticket to Ride, but also um, potentially because of the, the size of the brand, a way to um, bring some more newbie to get to legacy game um, players into legacy gaming. So They definitely were letting, letting people get their hands on it because its uh, pre-orders have begun to drop. So it I just, is coming soon. I find the idea of a legacy, which is pretty niche, um, so... The idea of permanently changing a board game, which as an early, like someone who doesn't know a lot about board games, to go into legacy and then tick to it seems like a niche within a niche. It doesn't, in my head, if you're a new person into board gaming, you're probably not going to want the legacy element. But equally, if you're an experienced board gamer, as it were, in you know quotes, <laughs> then you're probably not going to be interested in the ticket to ride side of things. But... It's so I may be just totally off the mark. It's quite interesting mm. to see that there's there's some really good um, excitement building around it. I just 
I just don't know if it's if it's my shatterpoint, you know, is it is it is it FOMO? <laughs> yeah. Well Ticket to Ride is 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 a sort of special. I'd say if it was like not if it was just another train game, um mm. I'd agree with you. But I think Ticket to Ride was a lot of people's first entry into the hobby and they have fond memories mm. of it. They still like to go back to it. It's how they introduce other people to the hobby. Yeah. Um, you know, it's up there with like Catan <laughs> and um, I'm gonna introduce you into this yeah. and we're gonna play twenty yeah. games of it. <laughs> Your first yeah. train is free. <laughs> then you've got to pay. The excitement will be building as well about the design team in that they've they've brought like Matt yeah. Leacock, isn't it? So from Pandemic. Rob yeah. Davio and Alan Moon, who designed yeah. Ticket to Ride, they're all friends and apparently they decided yeah. to play this, uh, but, to create this game together out of love for yeah, um, legacy bringing, gaming. And, you know, bringing someone who's so well known for legacy style games like Pandemic seemed to really break the waters with that, um, mm. with their yeah, like, games. Rob Davio is pretty much... The guy the who invented legacy of, games, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, someone was probably going to disagree about that, but as far as I know, <laughs> yeah. like the mainstream pandemic legacy was created by by him, right? But Risk yeah. Legacy pre predated it, and that was yeah. the first legacy game, and that was Rob Davio. He worked for I think Hasbro at the time, mm. and he pitched this idea of making like a permanent changed board, um, and that basically was what what legacy gaming started with. So he right. is very much the man to um to like say anything have any say about what legacy gaming is because he invented the concept and just to go so back you could on it, say it's his legacy <laughs> oh. I mean, obviously legacy of gaming has existed in other gaming genres before you yeah. you have role playing in D D. you've got miniature war games True. that have had legacy elements as well but certainly yeah i'd say those are the what made mm. it mainstream in board gaming for sure yeah definitely mm. just to go back to what rich said though i know um, I think that when you talk about people wanting to be like maybe feeling a bit too much or maybe not wanting to go into legacy gaming, I, I don't think you should rule out the fact that every gamer, every person is different. And had True. you pitched something like that to me, like Risk Legacy, before I played any games, I still think I would have thought that is such a cool idea because I like the narrative like idea of, of you know, kind of narrowing down to a unique conclusion um, mm. that's born from the decisions you make. I still think that's a really cool, exciting concept and Legacy's been around for a good few years now. So I think, you know, everyone's different and I think that maybe this might be the first time people even learn about Legacy Game and I think there is a good chance that people would go, I'm very excited about this very concept because it's so unlike what they probably know board gaming to be. Yeah, fair. Definitely. It's going to be a big commitment though. Like, it's a spenny, a spenny boy. How much uh, do we know? It's 120, pounds, I think. 100, 120 100, RRP. Yeah, something 100 pounds, yeah. I think I saw this mm. morning because the, the pre orders wow. have gone out. For I mean, that, that probably makes sense. I think it was like 70 quid for Pandemic when it first came yeah. out. Um, yeah. And that was like five pre the time that shall we not be named. <laughs> I so. also um, just realized that I think I might have accidentally invented uh, Ticket to Ride Legacy at the cafe because we are constantly losing the trains. <laughs> right. So oh, what you saying? Is... Spin. Yeah. No, we haven't lost any parts. Yeah. It's a legacy. Blue just has less pieces. Yeah. <laughs> on that, on the last blue one. You're building upon the tracks of previous people. <laughs> yeah. yeah when cool. people spill a beer on the board, that's just the lake feature now. Yeah. Unfortunately, we just had flooding in Florida that year. <laughs> cool. Um. So something to be honest, okay, we've we've started with some fairly heavy games. Yeah. That's my bad. However, we actually saw some some really interesting games. So one that Ben might have been excited about Ooh. was that Bunshy Games were actually uh, there yeah. this year. Oh wow. So um I don't really know what they're in. You know, they didn't they didn't divulge their trade secrets or whether they're gonna be here <laughs> next year or whatever else. I I chatted to him because I am so keen on all their games. We've recommended a bunch of them at this point. I mm. literally bought uh, tons of Button Shy games that yeah. are now in my bag. Um, Dickie, <laughs> uh, another one of the hosts uh, on, on the show, is he's he's single-handedly spreading the Button Shy love to so many people because uh, I think you know I learned about Button Shy from that. And they were in force, and they were selling out so rapidly. Um, every every day you'd go over, and then they'd just be like, "Oh, sorry, we're actually out of this, this, and this." And you'd just be like, okay, but I managed to pick up the main ones. So yeah. Ah, nicely done. Yeah, I've been meaning that's great because normally you have to um, order them from America and pay mm -hmm. for like postage and all that stuff, which is a pain. So, but you can just pick them up in person. That's great. Yes. They have um they do have a UK hub at the moment. 
I'm trying desperately mm. to convince them that they need <laughs> to bring it in more force because well, everyone in the UK will love their we games. They're just so good. <laughs> we do love their games. Um, and yeah, so we we picked up uh, Invino Morte. We mentioned that one before. And so if you're if you haven't or you're unaware of what Bunchai games are, they're like 18 cards in a plastic wallet that you can just take anywhere with you. And Invino Morte is probably one of the simplest games that can do up to, I think they say something Nine like, players, I think. That's what they say, but there's like 16 <laughs> cards. Um, so you could you could house, house rule it, as we're so fond of doing, um, but it is, it's just fantastic. Um, it's really good. Interesting way of um, just being like, hey, do you want to do, do this? Um, and I've <laughs> rarely seen anyone say no when we've managed to do that. Slime tips are even better. Yeah. I'm a I'm a not a fan of that game, but I like a lot of their other games. Just want to point that out. Yeah, they're quite meaty for some 18 card yeah. games. Yeah, like the surprising amount of gameplay in a very small package. Mm. They they do focus on a lot of um, solo games as well. So a lot of their games mm. have a solo only mode, or um, or like you can yeah you can only play them as a solo gamer, um, which is really interesting because. Uh, there's not a lot of companies that have um, kind of decided to focus on on solo gamers, and if you think about it, it's perfect because as is, as we're saying, you know, you can take them anywhere. You can be on the bus or on the mm. train with one of the little trays in front of you, and you can play that. I played a game of theirs called uh, Skulls of Sedlec on a plane mm. on the tiny little trays that you get at the back of the seats, and uh, went down well. So yeah, great, great the, company making great. Trying to convince me that you could play a game of theirs with. Uh, two pockets basically and the hand of cards that you're using you'd be like this is your draw pile this is your discard pile and you can do the whole thing and I was like fair enough I probably wouldn't but you could yeah you have the wallet itself for that surely you don't need to put them in your pockets True. why would you do put you, a card do, which is easily bending in your do pocket do you have enough hands that. I think we took a picture once on our Charles Account social media please don't look it up which was like a glass <laughs> that was actually on a board and everyone was just like you didn't coaster this. What are you doing, you heathens? Um, yeah. So I feel it'd be the, the same tantamount to the same issue. <laughs> no, I have friends who've got like special like cup holders attached to their table. They will not allow drinks. Hello and welcome to the Eurogamer newscast. And this week we're discussing the biggest Xbox leak in history. We're looking ahead to the Switch 2's potential launch lineup. We're asking why there are so many industry layoffs. Or at least that's what I would be saying if you're listening to the Eurogamer newscast. Hello, I'm Tom, Eurogamer's editor and host of our weekly discussion podcast where we break down the biggest gaming news stories and share insight from our news reporting team. Head to your favourite podcast app now to listen. Just search Eurogamer newscast. On the surface. Mm-hmm. At all. That's and fair. as someone who spilt coke on their friend's copy of Catan, I... I, yeah, it can happen to even the best of us. <laughs> wow, that was yeah. very, very, very specific. <laughs> oh, oh, it's the best pe- person can possibly <laughs> spill a... I'm saying, I care. I, if, I mean, if me being on a board game podcast, talking about board games for like multiple work, working at a board game cafe, having board game like social media of my own, like if that doesn't show someone who cares about board games and even still accidents happen, you know, I'm just trying to... Just trying to make it clear that you can love board games and still accidentally spill coke all over them. That's fine. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but if you good news is if you have two thousand plus spare, you can get a board game table, which will help alleviate this issue. Um, I do not. It's a lot. So. <laughs> it really is. Think how many yeah. board games you could buy for that. They're, yeah, that's true. They, they they were there in force the fancy tables and well, my goodness, a few few companies are doing them now. Yeah, yeah there's all such a market for it. I, I don't know. I, maybe it's just the margins are so high on a single table. You just sell you one and you sell two. You sell year, one and, and you earn goods. <laughs> like wood uh, is super expensive, though. So mm, I can understand yeah. it's it's a bit for premium. Just for some reason, more than any other board game accessory, I look at a table and I'm like, I could do that. I have no <laughs> idea how to do woodworking. I'm it's like just carpentry, right? You don't have to strike for that. Five bits of wood, four <laughs> just long a... straight bits, and one flat yeah. bit. Just nail Hello. them all together. Done. I just need a saw and a chisel. I'm done. That is easy, right? Yeah. Give me two oh, hours. I'll knock something up. If high school design technology taught me nothing. Um... <laughs> Oink Games actually have. Um, like a collapsible board game table that I've seen at multiple conventions. Yeah, now they're made where, out of. They seem to be made out of that like yeah. foam core stuff. Like so yeah, that, like, yeah, 
they, yeah. they like kind of slot in together so it's also almost like making a, an insert for a board game but yeah, yeah. big and you can actually wow. play games and it even has oh, uh, I can do that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a cu- couple of them had had those kind of like tables that were made mm. out of almost like in yeah the fancy folded space insert stuff. Yeah, mm. and I f- the funny thing is, is I feel like it started off as a joke, but now they've they've had it on multiple <laughs> shows. Committed. I'm like, no, it's a real thing now. <laughs> there was a an April Fool's recently. I'm trying to work out what it was, but it was something like folded space had created. Oh yeah, I, I that thought was, it was yeah. a table, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think that was it actually. They did. They did do that. But I, again, I've seen them. Oink Games actually had it. So they say there were definitely there were more than just Oink. There were a couple of different people with yeah. similar setups. I was like, hang on. I, in fact, I'm pretty confident Lucky Duck had the same thing. Okay. Um, their ones oh. were made of something really lightweight, and you kind of breathed too hard on the table, and it was a little bit wobbly. But it did the job really nicely for for like ex, expo situation. It's not a new game, but one of the things me and uh, Reese did play was Fog of Love. Ah, uh, I've never oh, felt. What? <laughs> So Fog yeah. of Love is uh, is a unique game in so much <laughs> as you are uh, creating a fictional relationship and uh, the the big, very beginning is like you've just met, you've decided to give it a year, that's like the scenario, and then you'll be playing these cards and you're trying to move the relationship in such a way that it, you have traits and needs and these are represented by obviously little wooden pieces. That's how you know what your needs are. And uh, this is your dependence meeple. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, very, very much so. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I can get into this. Uh, we, I, I had a really good time. Um, yeah, it was this beautiful moment where I was. Oh God, what, what, what happened? You changed me. There was like a trait that I was really going hard into, and you were just like, no change that trait you fixed like, him he did, did fix me and then <laughs> yeah. we were pulling in the same direction and it was oh my god after that fantastic. least realistic board game I've ever heard yeah, of I was going to say I've watched <laughs> enough rom-coms to know that you can't change someone's true well, inner self well I mean it, start, it started strong when you you have to draw occupations out of it and you draw a couple and then you pick one from there and uh, <laughs> we, we managed to we managed to pick that uh, I was uh, I'd, I'd chosen a, a police officer and then Rich revealed um that his uh, his character Re was actually a professional criminal, and that was, that was the start. That was the that was the starting point, and it sort of built from there. So it was. Uh, oh my god! It, it is strong. like a rom com. Oh yeah. <laughs> you allocate each other a trait. Oh. So he chose his occupation, and then I'm like, oh, by the way, you're a stoned uh, police officer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we were inventing this backstory oh. where I was uh, Reese's drug dealer. Sorry, Bobby's drug dealer, and then it got this. It was <laughs> Wait, really can convoluted. Picture the trailer already. He's a laid-back cop, but he's going to stop the biggest heist of her life. (laughs) She's going to steal his heart. Wow. For the war coming this summer. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're done. There you go. We we can make money out of this, Rich. Let's buckle down. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think people will, will come to see... Bobby and Ree's uh, blossoming romance. <laughs> so, just, just to clarify, was the policeman called Bobby? Yeah, you then had okay. to come up with a name and I panicked. Um, I mean, that, it made the sense. Sense. me. Oh, really? Bobby Justice. So unreal. <laughs> <laughs> good nominative determinism kicking in there. What else What else were they going to grow up to be? Exactly. <laughs> um, a game, I, I mean, I guess if we're talking about games that we, we played and enjoyed, I should mention um, Joyride was a was a good one that I we got to try. Um, it's a kind of a, a racing game, but it's almost like, feels like a bit like Destruction Derby in that yeah. you're like kind of slinging mm-hmm. these cars around. You are kind of encouraged to hit each other. Yeah, I um, described it to a colleague each other. as Death Race. But it's like very bright. Mm. It's by um, Rebellion Unplugged, who are mostly known for actually video games and have just started getting into the board gaming scene. Um, first mm. game of theirs was Sniper Elite, the board game, which is also apparently very good. I haven't played it myself, right. but I've heard good things about that. Um, but Joyride is a racing game. You're racing around checkpoints around a board. You've got like weapons and sort of pickups, power-ups that you can use to like hinder each other. Um very like a dice rolling but not too difficult just like a kind of fun silly uh game that me and my friend ben who was at the expo uh played and had good fun with yeah it's not out yet it will be out 
some point I think September this year. to November yeah like but it's really it's worth checking out I think if you like the idea of racing games even as myself and Ben aren't racing fans but we still had a real good time with it so yeah, yeah. really so accessible sorry. yeah it had a really cool like color palette and like design yeah. aesthetic which made it like really pop like it's all neon neon kind yeah. of cars and those wooden cars that kind of fit is yeah it was cool we demoed but, yeah. that on the first day as well more more than ever uh, so you go to this UK Games Expo and then obviously you've got the publishers there and they're like sorting out their stands and then uh, they get all the games out and they're de- like ready to demo and then they get either volunteers or people that they've corralled into it. Uh, more than ever, I found on that particular stall was we sat down and the guy was just like, how do I explain this to you? And we're just like, you're supposed to know the rules. <laughs> and then he was just like, okay, so you do this and then this. And I was like, but the cheat says cheat sheet, which is like oh, with no. a, a brief, like, here's what the rules say. And I was like, but this says this. And he was like, well, you can house rule it. And I'm like, it's not a house rule. It literally says on the cheat sheet <laughs> that we do it this way. And he was like, well, we've not been doing it this way before. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. <Yeah. laughs> It wasn't good. Oh no! I mean, as professional gurus, I I can see why you would take it personally <laughs> that someone wasn't prepared to explain a game. That's, that I'll just put it out there. If you if you need some gurus, we've got tons of them, and they'll explain it perfectly yeah. well. Um, <laughs> I I will say, I having known um, a few of the demo teams at these expos, sometimes they will literally just yeah. get to the show floor and have to learn the game right there and then. Yeah. And it's not through yeah. their their I, own fault. No. But it is still, if you're like halfway through the second day and you still haven't learned all the rules of the game that you are demoing, maybe yeah. you're in the wrong job. <laughs> for, the, for the first year, they actually had um, Wizards of the Coast had a stand for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, mm. So if you're not aware, like, D&D hasn't had a big presence in the UK Games Expo, which, um, as, a, a, like, as a fan, it's quite, isn't, you know... It's not necessarily tabletop related. Uh, but, devastating, uh, you can say. I was devastated. <laughs> I, tur- I turned up one year and then they had um, Chris Lindsay, who's like um, the relationship manager or like the community manager almost. And he was there and there was a guy called um, Will who had been writing some of this. I, sorry, I'm nerding out right now. So the point was that I went to the stands and I was like, hey, can I get one of your t-shirts? Because they are absolutely dope. And they were like, no, I had to, I had to sweat blood and tears for this like you can't just walk in here and be like can i have one of your t-shirts i have to work for this t-shirt and i was like oh okay fair why, why would a billion dollar company be handing out like merchandise that's mad right they were handing out free coffee though so they really did know their market wow did they? yeah they were little coffee bags in like uh honor uh, what is it honor among thieves branding they, it was, oh it was, yes yeah they were like coffee so, mm. <laughs> Tavern? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me, mate. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> mm, deleted scene. They all had a big coffee. <laughs> I guess instead of shawarma at the end of it, it was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, because they couldn't hand out beers. Probably the real answer. <laughs> Next best thing, we'll just caffeinate yeah. everybody up. Yeah. Um, we. Yeah. No, I was going to say, and another game um, that I re- I'm going to have to because the problem is, as you probably if you um, go to these expos and you play quite a lot of games, so you forget which ones you've actually played. Mm. Ah, yeah, go. There was um, there was a sneak preview, and this I think will interest some people. Um, Forbidden Jungle, which if yeah. you know gotcha, the Forbidden yeah. series, um, mm. started with Forbidden Island, and again by the designer of Matt Leacock, who's featured in this uh, <laughs> episode a lot this this uh, today. <laughs> Um, then Forbidden Desert, Forbidden Sky, which wasn't as well received as the other games. And I mm. personally think that it doesn't fit into like a uh, like a kind of B-movie cliche that the other ones uh, fit into. And so they've taken it back down to a more recognisable uh, theme of Forbidden Jungle. So you've crash-landed... And I was just saying at the time when we were playing this game, these, this game is technically like an ongoing story of the same crew who have just gone through like horrible ordeals constantly. So you've got to feel sorry for these people at some point. But yeah, they've crash landed on a jungle. Um, it's a tile game as, the, like, as all of them have been so far. Mm-hmm. But this one is you're trying to avoid and take down these sort of like creepy crawlies which start off as eggs and then grow into like big gangly mutants which actually look kind of cute not scary yeah I say the, and, the minis um, looked great like the little pieces yeah, looked great lots of character out of these like silly little monsters and um yeah it's another so if you, cooperative game 
Yeah, yes, yeah, cooperative, yeah. So you're just trying to, um, you're actually trying to activate portals by aligning crystals around these portal gates and using the other tiles which have hidden um, machinery um, to to activate and move around the tiles. So it would be very, very familiar with um, if you've played any of the other sort of like games, but uh, they've brought back that each character can die like they did in Forbidden Desert as well. You can run out of water in Forbidden Desert oh. and you die. And if any characters die in this one from taking nasty stings from these uh, beasties, then it's game over. So yeah, it, that, that one was quite cool to see okay. as well. And there They've was also like... gone uh, very much back to form by putting it in a lovely metal tin that yeah. is just a fractionally different size to all the previous metal oh, tins God. that have come before it. Oh. Uh, but yeah. What is it about the tins? Because I... I, I I, I'm ambivalent towards tins I, I, or boxes. To be fair, ambivalent, ambivalent anyway. But also, I think it's uh, just funny that I've got. I've, I'm, I'm a collector. I like uh, all my books to be of the same edition. I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> uh, and in this case, they seem to go out of their way to make sure that when you put them all on the shelf, they they do not align. They do not match up. They do not look the same. Uh, it, it it's like the Fast and the actually, Furious of the board game. Uh, somebody board has actively scene, gone it? out of They've their way to make that yeah. make that a reality, and I don't know. I just mm-hmm. take personal affront. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're going to have to keep that going now. Like, oh yeah, if, if each box is just subtly yeah. different, just just a little bit taller, a little yeah. bit wider, just just not a lot, just enough. <laughs> when uh, so we were we were socialising in the pub afterwards, um, and we managed to get there was like so many of us. We ended up with like nine plus people, and we'd we'd moved and we started. So there's this whole where do you play games afterwards, um, mm. which is which is more of an event than you would realise. Basically, all the <laughs> cool kids go to Hilton, but which is a hotel which is right next to the uh, the NEC, and so you go there, but from. 4.30, it is pretty much ram-packed. And this is the expo finishing, you're like, 5.36? Yeah. Hmm. And we were kind of wandering around. We ended up in uh, the Moxie, which is like right next, even closer to the NEC, but it's not where all the cool, cool kids cool kids lie, basically. They, they, they stay there. And we ended up playing like just the most fun game. It's called uh, Ready, Set, Bet. Oh, and yeah, that we played that as well. It was really good. It's, it's, the yeah. entire thing is like, it's about horse racing, a real time as one person is rolling two dice and they have a row of, I don't know how many unique patterns are there, uh, nine? Let's say nine, nine horses. Yeah, about nine horses, I think. And basically each horse corresponds to uh, a dice roll. And what will happen is you roll the dice, move a horse. And so there's a, there's a bit of patter as this person is just being like and I've rolled a nine nine is often to the lead they're leading by a nose oh no now seven is moving oh they're <laughs> catching up pretty, pretty rapidly but two is left standing on the on the, on the start line oh nothing's going on oh now we've got seven is getting moving again oh no no eight eight is moving on and we're going to catch it catches up and, and so there's this whole uh, that's I mean, very good not by right. the way oh thank no, you that was very good like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're in charge the, of rolling next time yeah, yeah. Just say, that game very much relies on having a good a person who's very good at getting into the role of the, you know, the the announcer yeah, of, of the dice. That. that that's the energy you want when you're playing that game. Yeah, you and want someone like, who um, an auction do... guy to like yeah. run it, yeah. don't you? Someone who can do quick arithmetic. Like two dice is not necessarily hard, but if you have to do it and quite yet. quickly, yeah. rapidly. And, 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 and uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> Hold on, nine, no. nine is just rolled, and then oh uh, no, I meant ten. Uh, sorry. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like this is like the the main uh, attraction for people who want to watch, and the the key thing is that seven is bound to come up more often. But if you roll the same number twice, there is a an additional movement. Boost. So if you do like. Yeah. Uh, if you roll ten, it and then you roll a ten again, it gets not only it doesn't get just two moves, it has an additional like plus two. So now it's moved mm. four, which means it kind of like has this catch up mechanic that mm. means that it kind of the spread of numerical values that could mm. be hit. It's it's really interesting, and all the while you've got this like betting in front of you where you're betting first, second, third, and a bunch of other things, and then it throws uh, special cards that change the way in which you can bet. And it's it was it was so much fun. We just we played that pretty much on the Friday and the Saturday. It's yeah. great for large yeah. groups. Uh, I'm sure it's going to end up being a recommendation at some point. And 100%. so much fun. I genuinely we're probably going to get it one in all the cafes because it's mm. just going to go down really really well. 
And if you're not someone who is yeah. a race coordinator, then you can also get an <laughs> app and yeah. it'll do it for you. Yeah, mm. which does actually a surprisingly good job. I think mm. that thing about that game is it's one of the games that's come closest to having the thrill of of a real life yeah. betting situation, um, but without any of the risk. But that's kind of what's supposed to make it fun is the risk. But mm. it does feel like that, especially because you want to win and you want to like take the bet as you see like um, a number like ten horses is potentially going to win. You're like, do I risk it? Because it still has to roll good to win. But if I get in and bet early, I can actually win big as a result. Very clever how they've managed to do that. And that's by um, the design by one of my favorite designers called uh, John D. Clare, who Mm -hmm. did um, various games. He's quite um, prolific, actually, with with the company AEG. And he did Space Base. He's done Rolling Heights. He's done a few different kind of games. And that one is really good. Ready, set, bet. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Highly recommend it if you ever Mm -hmm. find yourself in... You just want a little bit of energy, like, charged board gaming. Because that's what everybody goes to board gaming for, right? Oh, yeah. High high intensity, (laughs) octane, shouting. Those are all the hallmarks of a a (laughs) traditional board gamer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Um, Did you have... I mean, there's there's, there's more... More I can go on about. Uh, I'm keen to not necessarily. Let's go. New board games. Maybe. Let, how about we go around and we all just say the favorite game we played over the weekend. Ooh. Ooh. That'd be a nice way to round things off. Oh, yeah. Russ will have an answer. Lead the way while I think hard. Uh, yeah. So I'm torn between. I'm torn between two. Um, one's very light and one is very heavy, but they were both mm. so good and they stood out to me as being some of the highlights. Um, so I'll just do a quick. Of each one. So I'll one, take was two. Called, uh, yeah. <laughs> one was called uh, Kutna Hora um, by um, Czech Games Edition. Mm-hmm. And it's a very heavy economy based game, which sounds dull AF, but it was so good. It's subtitled The City of Silver because it's based on a real okay. life um, location, which mm-hmm. had like a silver rush, like San Francisco had the gold rush. Oh, okay. You're building buildings in a communal area, but there's also a mining aspect. And every time you get stuff, um, you affect the price of everything. Um, uh. There's so much more to it than that, honestly. But no, even though like what we played concept. was, it was so good. And it's it rare that I. It's called uh, Kutna Hora, and I think it's spelled K H U T N A H O R A. Subtitled City of Silver. That's probably yeah. easier one to Google. Yeah. And then the other game, very like tiling game. People love tiling games, and I surprised this. We just. We just got onto the table right at the end of uh, Sunday, and it was one of the last games we played on Asthma Day, which usually have games that have already been out for a while. So, you know, as someone who seeks out generally the new, exciting stuff, I was surprised. But when we tried it, it's called Tipperary. Very light, tie lane game. Um, you're essentially trying to build out your map. It's, um, it, you know, it's got different types of, of squares on each tile, um, but you spin the... You spin the the dial it, it gives it points towards two tiles that you have to pick from. You add it to your board, and there's various ways to score. But the main way, thing you're trying to do is create like a big rectangle. But there's other kind of bonuses you get from matching certain tiles to another. But it took us like 20 minutes to play, and we both had like such a good time playing it that my, my friend Ben was like, "I'm actually thinking of just buying this right away." But yeah, Tipperary that one by uh, Lookout Games. So those are two. Nice. Very different ends of the scale that, but they were they were highlights for me. Mm. Nice. Do you do you have one, Reese? Uh, I've got a couple. I was going to wait and see what you what you what you said. <laughs> Who's saying Shatterpoint? Come on. Who's saying Shatterpoint? I oh, know we we've talked about Shatterpoint <laughs> before. We've, we've crossed that bridge, and yeah. you know we have laid no, that to just, rest. I feel like you're just at this point you're just trying to justify the extortionate amount you spent on it. That's all. <laughs> Shut up, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, uh, go on, then. Nah, so after like, you. After you, if you got one. Oh, I can do one if you want to have a think. Or if you... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, go for it. Oh. Um, so it's a game I've actually already talked about on the podcast, but um, mm. I played it properly this time. So it's the <laughs> War of the Ring card game, which I uh, previously okay. only played two-player, but it's very clearly a four-player game that is going to strip <laughs> down for two players. Um, so it's um, it's not the War of the Ring board game with all the miniatures and the map and everything. It's It's just cards. It's four decks. You've got Sauron and Sauron against like Gandalf and um, Elrond. I can't remember. The one person 
plays like the hobbits and the wizards and the other guys like the humans and the elves. And it's it's 2v2 and you're refighting all the famous battles and like adventures of the fellowship. And um it's a I love deck building games, but this is the opposite. This is a deck deconstruction game. You start with a large pre-set deck, but you can often have to discard cards either um you you spend the cards as a resource to play other cards. But sometimes you'll be forced to completely remove a card from the game rather than putting it into your discard pile. So when uh, when you have a battle, any troops involved in that battle, they can't they're, they're out of the game forever. So by the end of the game when you're you both all four players are kind of limping along, you feel that bit where like Sam and Frodo and Gollum are like scrambling at each other and they can barely take another step and they're just like oh my god, I just get out of my way. I need to do this because <laughs> you've got like six cards left in your deck at the end of the game you know and you're just cycling through them going okay well i've now got to burn one and what what do i what do i lose at this point like i've, I've boiled <laughs> my deck down to just i started with like 50 cards so now I've only got six. <laughs> and now i've got a fine okay Gollum, he's dead forever fine um and it just uh it was lots of hard choices which i love fairly quick simple gameplay and um and the story that evolved from it, you know, it's very much like Lord of the Rings, but everything's slightly different. Um, in, in our version, good were, were winning very steadily and defending all their cities and pushing the fellowship forward. And it wasn't until near the end that we had this big push um, and we ended up invading Minas Tirith three times. Um, first time we went in and like Gandalf sacrificed himself to save the city. The next time we, we went in with the big battering ram and the, the riders of Rohan um, sacrificed themselves along with Aragorn to save the city. And then at the last minute, we had like one more card that let us re-attack it. And um, the Witch King was killed by Eowyn, just like in the movie. But the, uh, despite all the major characters dying, like <laughs> one orc limped over the line and like captured the city, which won us the game because um, we were like five points behind. But Minas Tirith is like three points, so they'd already won because they'd, they'd saved the city. So they lost three points. We gained three points and um, won by a single point at the, at the last minute. There wasn't anyone left to celebrate the victory because all the major characters <laughs> had died. <laughs> Wait a second. Why, why are we here? Uh, yeah. What are we doing now? What, one, one orc sat at the top going, so am I in charge now? Uh, like, yeah, I guess this, I'm king of the orcs. This is mine? Look at me. <laughs> I'm the orc now. You've got to remember, like, these, uh, the main characters, it, their experience, they don't necessarily know they're the main characters. So the orc might just think, you know, yeah. he is the main character. He's the hero but, of his own yeah, story, right? exactly. <laughs> Amazing. So after all of that, you were really happy playing it? Oh, yeah. It's so much better as a four-player game. I, um, I, I really want to play it again. But oh, nice. also, I really want to play it with, with the same people. Because mm. um, it's one of those games that once you know what all the cards do, it's going to be so much more... Um, sort of mind gamey the next time mm -hmm. we play because yeah. you know I'm going to know about this like Riders of Rohan death charge that knocked out our battering ram that really like took us by surprise but they're also going to know about all of our ring wraith tricks mm. and stuff and so there's going to be a lot more counterplay and yeah. bluffing going on I think it'll be an even better experience next time sounds cool. great but I definitely need to watch the films before I play that because I have no <laughs> idea what any of those things you just said were. <laughs> <laughs> And you spoiled it for me, so thanks for that. No, I'm kidding. It's, no, it's, been it's out, just what, a like couple of years? short, hairy men trying oh, yeah. to get rid of unwanted jewelry. I mean, you know, I'm sure you can imagine I mean, how it goes has, from there. That has summed it up perfectly, and I shall yeah. henceforth only refer to it as that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I've got. There are games that I really enjoyed at the UK Games Expo, but I, I'm just not going to mention it because I'm sure I'm going to bring them up in. A later episode of the podcast. Um, so I don't... dry, smart. Exactly, yeah. Looking ahead, I'm playing the game. I'm, I'm playing the podcast meta here. Um, so what I will say, though, is um, one of the most delightful interactions we had um, was with a publisher from Inside Out. Um, well, they, they are the publisher Inside Out. And they have produced a new game that is quite popular called Earth. Now, demos of that immediately dried up like there was not a way of getting a demo of, of earth uh, i'm told if you've listened to some of my other podcasts that it's better than terraforming mars so i will i will hold judgment on that lofty mm. uh suggestion however what we did play is another one that they do um they have created which is called block and key and that game <laughs> ah, actually was pretty them. cool so mm. block and key is i think it's called inside up games just fyi 
Yeah. Yeah. Inside up? Yeah, yeah, Inside it's... Up games. Yeah, just because I feel like they might go we'll, like we'll being like, oh! wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I, I do. I love. I love the game. So it was the one of the reasons that it was so quaint was because uh, Connor, who is like the head of Inside Up Games, uh, had brought his family over from Canada, and they were Aww. they were so lovely, and his kids were. So delightful, and they were just, just teaching the games, gurus, and they were top tier gurus. So good, um, and so when we sat down for Block and Key, um, I they they one of the cool things is the box turns into the gaming area in which we're playing. So what it becomes is like immediately two layers of um, each of the box bits, and then you've got like these columns, and it's using the bottom for some cool like Tetrisy kind of pieces. And you sit on each side of the box. So it plays up to four players and you'll be facing inwards. But like Tetris, what you're trying to do is, well, not like Tetris, but the idea is that you're trying to create patterns from the side that you can see. And then there's some placement rules, like you can only place it diagonally, you can't place it next to unless it's higher and various other bits. I'm sure uh, the others could have explained it much better, but it was fantastic. And it's a really interesting game. And it's the kind of game in the cafe that Dickie has coined a yawn game, which is uh, as soon as you see someone playing it on the table, you'll be like, "Can I? Can I get that when they're done? I, I want to play that game." And it's it just looks fantastic. It has great presence. Mm -hmm. The gameplay is really mm -hmm. interesting. And I I mean it's it's on the light end for sure. Uh, it's a bit pricey, but that's because like the the components are quite weighty. They're really well made. Uh, it has like the instructions in. Uh, kind of like engraved into this kind of like forestry <laughs> stone around it. It's just, it's really, it's well produced and the gameplay was delightful. I thought you were going to say like engraved in gold or something. I was like, oh, well, yeah. that explains the price tag then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, like of all the things, I really wanted to mention the, that publisher because um, we met them on the retailer day and every time we chatted, I bothered them pretty much every day. And they were just <laughs> delightful every time I talked to them. And it was it was really nice to see. Like, there's a, there's, Whenever you go to a, an exhibitor, there's a, such a story about why they're there and how they're doing it. And they're so passionate about it. But this kind of, for me, typified um, why people do this. You know, he's, mm. it's, he's kind of put his life on the line to do his passion. A bit like how we started Chance Encounters. And it just... And they've got good games. They're really good games. And I played it fairly recently, and um, it was really like an interesting game with uh, lots of like combo stuff that has real potential for like those multiple plays. And it's funny that you say about family. The family was there. There's a couple of um, people I know in the board gaming industry who do that. They bring their family along to these shows, and and so literally like cheap, wow, cheap people. labor. <laughs> well, no, I mean, if, if I had a family, from Canada, that, that doesn't yeah. sound cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Do you know I what? Think... Well, you, you more than anyone might know what it costs to uh, for childcare. <laughs> <laughs> costs you an expo, apparently. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I think Tim Fowers, um, who's a, got his own publishing company called Fowers Games, he brings his families to shows and uh, cool. delights people with them because they're so lovely as well. So it's mm. nice to see that that's a, a growing thing because I think that's really sweet, especially if the mm. family are into the games and you know excited to show off this stuff. I think that would charm me. I'd probably end up buying a game just if I saw like a cute family selling selling them. <laughs> like we we were there on the Sunday and. Uh, you know, I was getting towards the. I was, I was becoming exhausted. You kind of like the sheen is off on the expo. You're kind of just like zombie walking through. And for me and Reese, we had to go and do some work in the evening back at um, Birmingham Chance. And then you just see these fresh faced kids. They're just like, "Cool, you want a game? Yeah, I'll teach you a game. Hey, come over, take a seat. We'll do this." And you're just like. Wow, but, you! But, but how are you still enthusiastic? <laughs> <laughs> but they had that lovely patina of sibling rivalry, where like, oh, <laughs> what if what if one of them was like teaching a game and got it a little bit wrong, like the other one would be like, uh, excuse me, um, no, no, actually, no, try, try again. Uh, which was as, they were they were very sweet. <laughs> as a kid, of, as a kid of many, I can uh, attest to that sibling rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So, Reese, have you made a decision on yeah, one of Yeah, yeah, I say. There's a few options, like Hachette. We're bringing out so many cool stuff. Uh, this uh, this expo, um, they're a lovely, great company at the moment, sort of bringing in a lot of like European games, a lot of um, French mm. games particularly, but re-skinning them for the European, for the UK market. Um, mm -hmm. 
so there was loads of their cool stuff. But the one I like, I really tickled me um, was a really cute one called Animals Animals Gathering. Yeah, um, which uh, me and Rich demoed on the final day, and it's uh, it's this cute little um, magical kind of dice roller is the kind of thing you. I've got uh, this box full of like different shaped gems is the best way to describe them. And um, you're you're going to be tableau building in some ways and that you're going to be taking cards from the center of the table to form part of the animals you're trying to summon. Um, and to do that, you basically roll the dice, which have different symbols on them. Uh, and any symbols you can't use, the other players at the table are going to be able to use for their animals. And when you complete animals and you successfully summon them, you're going to be uh, triggering powers that might let you attack other players or get more more gems for future animals and um it's a real nice really quick real kind of sweet little play that played in like 25 minutes and i've played it again since like i we got a copy um which has found its way back to the calf and um yeah it's been i've played it again and was like oh no i enjoyed it as much second time round um, it's if so, not more like it's great <laughs> it's weird because oh, i played the game and then the, as you go into it it has like this kind of catch-up mechanic where you're rolling one fewer dice for every nice. animal you've got, and it's like first to roll, five, first to complete five animals. And so you're rolling six dice at best, but you always have one, so you're always rolling like five dice essentially at the beginning. But it has this like really amazing arc, and it's the first time I've seen like such a simple game, and I am just blown away by the natural design that means it's really accessible, that... There's like a, an auto adjustment built in, but it doesn't feel like it's an auto adjustment. And it is just like, it was so impressive. Um, that was actually one that I was going to recommend uh, uh, later. So you'll probably hear that like one again because it was so good. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you just stole yeah. my thunder, Reese. Well, you know, that is what I'm. Well, here you for. did go first, Rich, so you only have yourself to blame. It's because yeah. I, I was trying to play the meta, but then, you know, <laughs> Reese triggered the trap card and then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just here to cause chaos, really. That's that's where I, where I sit. Um, yeah, no, they they were great, and they were a really cool company that we're yeah we'll hopefully be able to see see more of because they seem to see, if they make more like that, it'll be great. If you if you want to get hold of their games at the moment, you can't. You can't. Uh, <laughs> they don't have a distributor in the UK. So uh, uh, yeah. watch this space. Yeah, exactly. They're coming. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're working on it. All right. <laughs> yeah, there's there's there was. Overall, the UK Games Expo was great this year. I managed to go for more than one day, which is what I did last year because, <laughs> you know, life got in the way. Mm. Um, however, I met so many cool people, really nice people, people that we already mentioned on the podcast and and others. Um, met someone called Rico. Which is, they're just so lovely. Everything was fantastic. I had a great um, a great expo this year. Like I'm definitely going to go back. So if you if you're on the edge. And it's not too far, depending on what. I would, I would absolutely recommend going. Uh, if you are going to go, the Friday or the Sunday is generally um, better. Uh, there are there's sort of exhaustion by the Sunday, so if you want like fresh but not that many people, Friday. The Saturday mm. is absolutely heaving. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. I know people who literally by two o'clock were like, I can't. Uh, there's just yeah. too many crowds. Yeah. Uh, ne they... Next year, Saturday is a gaming day. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon. They... Buy some toys on Friday. Play some games on Saturday. Back in Pick up anything you forgot on the Sunday. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think more than ever, they 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 broke all their sales records in the UK game sector, even like from since like 2019. So they've gone to pre-COVID levels because I think they you know mm. dip, dipped off um, mm. really well run. It was be, quite slick from my yeah, perspective. Yeah, I feel like it might be like the third, if not the fourth biggest show, board gaming show in the world. Um, mm, wow. Spiel... Then Gen Con, then it's either Origins or the UK Games Expo next. That's my yeah, understanding. pretty impressive. Mm. Yeah, it's it's the biggest in the UK scene. Um, few, I mean, Shatterpoint, which we mentioned, was re basically released. I just think that was a they didn't really yeah. anticipate doing that. I don't think. I don't think it oh, was. No, they they not, definitely did. I was chatting to their marketing guy in the run up because uh, I met him at uh, Salute where he was demoing it. Right, said, like the, they planned for the launch day to be the first day of the UK Games Expo. That was oh. a big, big splash. I don't yeah. think there was any other board game. Like most people, if you're looking for real, real top tier conventions, will wait until some Gen Con, which is one that um, Ross just mentioned, and oh, and sure. Essen, which is in um, October, end of October, mm -hmm. and that's like that's like 
a pilgrimage for for old pilgrims. It's sort of on their like bucket list of going to places. Mm-hmm. Um, Somehow I justified it going in our first year of opening the cafe. So uh, it's business expense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somehow. Then, uh, then in which best. case we need to be having words. <laughs> Where is so, my ticket? <laughs> right. Um, but no, I mean, I had I had a great time. It was really a shame that Ben Ben couldn't get there this year. Mm-hmm. But um, by, we'll we'll make sure that we did drag you along next year. Um, but uh, by all means, if you have any questions about it, be sure to to drop them in the comments. Mm. Let us know um, if we didn't. We haven't even touched on the bring and buy, which is like yeah. a good reason people people will go just for the bring and buy. Mm. But I see people going in there like they come out of their car, they've got <laughs> right. six rucksacks and like yeah. travel luggage, and they're just wheeling yeah. in like a hundred board games. They look like a pack yeah. mule, right. and they can only assume they're going into the bring and buy. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, it seems with every year, nobody expects quite how popular it's going to be. Like the queues <laughs> know, the were, queues. the queues oh, were yeah. obscene, Crazy. and the number of people I know who uh, got to the front of the queue. I need to be told now we we are we're closed now. Like this is madness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to pick up a bargain, that seems to be the place. You just might need to queue a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I was talking to someone who's pretty serious about the bring and buy, and they were telling me all sorts of like you can. You can look online. You've got the app, and then you can see what prices are, and then you have to go and hunt it. There's a whole, there's layers upon layers like of bring a buy. Game. It is, yeah. <laughs> which hundred percent advanced players only. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, I didn't even, I didn't even go near it this year. To be honest, uh, we saw the queues, and we were just like, noped out. Um, cool. Is there anything else that anyone wanted to mention? That's it. I think. Yeah, they had a good show. I, I'll be back there next year, and uh, yeah, look forward for to sure. It. So uh, thank you so much for joining us for this slightly odd uh, UK Games Expo roundup. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I hope you you guys did too. Um, We have a new YouTube channel. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't Mm -hmm. subscribed, uh, please go and check out, uh, I think it's at Chance Counters Podcast. uh, And please subscribe to that because um, higher numbers mean that we all feel much better about ourselves. So (laughs) please. That's where we live now. So can we say hello? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you want to you want to leave a comment about something we didn't talk about at the UK Games Expo, which yep. I'm not sure we've we've talked a lot about it. Then mm-hmm. be drop something down there. Um, <laughs> excellent. Is there anything else that any anywhere else that they can find us, Ben? Yeah, you can obviously find us wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a five star review and tell a friend about the show. That is how we grow, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.